Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. Today on Life as an Observer, I get the really unique and really fun experience of talking to Jason Niemer. Jason is an acrobat, a competitive acrobat, a author, founder of acroyoga.org, yogi, and just really inspiring person through his body work, through his words, and through his actions. Jason really shows up to move, connect, and play, really embracing those fundamentals of acro yoga into his entire life. In today's episode, we talk a lot about his book, Move, Connect, Play, The Art and Science of Acro Yoga. We also talk about other things like trust and balance and communication as values that are needed in order to be an acrobat or to be an acro yogi, to embrace those values, but really to embrace those in our daily lives as a way to get closer to each other and create community. Really an uh, an amazing talk that I get to have with Jason. I felt empowered after finishing it. I felt like I wanted to learn more. I felt like um, there's more techniques I need to know about, places I want to visit. And just really getting to know Jason in general is motivating for me to want to, to do more acro. For those who are interested in what acro yoga is and how to really create a movement practice within their their lives, this is the episode you want to listen to. You want to hear about how everyone can do it from those who are maybe paralyzed or quadriplegic or amputees to those who have brain injuries. Anyone can do acro yoga and succeed through the proper teachings and skills and the writings of Jason Niemer. You also can be an acrobat, or at least an aspiring acrobat. Take a listen to today. We go all over the map from our trips to India, to Bali, to being in the parks with bare feet doing acro with strangers. Today's episode you do not want to miss. Life as an Observer with Jason Neymar, founder of acroyoga.org and author of Move, Connect, Play, The Art and Science of Acroyoga. Jason, it's really great to have you on Life as an Observer. Welcome. It's a pleasure. So nice to meet you. So we were, we were chatting a little bit that you're, that you're uh, temporarily in Texas and I'm maybe, maybe temporarily permanently in Utah and we're both on the same <laughs> side of the country, maybe a, for a, a small minute, but yet we're still using technology to talk, which is kind of cool. Um, something that I didn't ever imagine that I would be doing um, before quarantine. And that, that it took me to this place where everything is, is changing with me technologically. I need new toys. I need microphones yep. and cameras and all these things. Uh, but they're, yet they're bringing us closer together. And that kind of is very similar to our lives, isn't it? So we, we use tools to bring us closer together and, and create community. And I think that's um, something that I, I would want to be known as in my legacy for certain. Um, so those who don't know who you are, I'd like to, uh, I'd like you to kind of give the introduction. I know a few things about you, but only we know ourselves the best. So I know that sure. you, that you have some, um, 
some things you do. You're a body worker and you, um, you know, a founder of Acro Yoga and you do a lot of different things. But give us, give me your, your short bio or your long bio. And so people can get to kind of know who you are. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm yeah. really excited to be sharing more of what uh, I've discovered in the past. Well, I'm 46, so 46 years, uh, but specifically with acrobatics and acro yoga. So the short bio, the long elevator pitch would mm-hmm. be um, born in Mexico. I have a biracial family background. Uh, my dad's Mexican, mom's American, Californian, and Got to grow up pretty normal California life, um, and things got a little bit more interesting when I saw the Olympics when I was nine years old, the 1984 Olympics. And I remember my cousins and brothers were outside playing, and I was just glued to the TV, and I saw gymnastics, and I just thought right then, like, I am going to go to that thing. That is cool. And I didn't meet gymnastics until I was 12. So it was several years later that my little brother was doing gymnastics. And I went in and saw him do it and thought, you know, I'm not going to watch this. This looks really fun. So I did my first gymnastics class and my mom would come and just laugh at us flopping around. Just it was Mm. it was not pretty. It was comical, not pretty. Um, But I dedicated to it and I just really um, loved learning about how to face fears and developing new power and new flexibility. Um, I mean, these are all the physical things that happen, but they have so many other applications. Learning how to become empowered and flexible are things that uh, have helped me so much throughout my life. So it was a very long elevator pitch, but I will keep going. (laughs) I I, uh, saw my first acrobats about a year into my gymnastics training and it was a gentleman holding uh, a girl in a handstand on his hands. And I was just completely floored by that uh, human expression of unity of yoga, really. And I went right up to him and I just said, hey, I'm Jason, teach me. <laughs> and they did. They immediately showed me my first trick. And I started training with them. And I did both gymnastics and acrobatics until about 15 years old. And that was when I decided to dedicate everything to partner acrobatics, um, ended up competing at the junior world championships in Beijing in 1991, 16 year old kid roaming the world, seeing the best acrobats in the world, being inspired by the potential of the human body and rewinding or fast forwarding, uh, relatively fast. Um, I got into acro yoga, um, well, actually yoga in college, just took a one hour Hatha yoga class. And that was similar to when I saw my first acrobatics, when I took my first yoga class and it was nothing special, but it was everything special. It was learning how to enjoy my breath and these beautiful mantras. And, you know, it was my senior year of college. I was ready to go meet the world as an adult. Um, and that class and Asian philosophy were the two things that completely disrupted my life in a beautiful way. Met the co-founder of Acro Yoga a few years after that. That was in 19, no, 2003. And then the Acro Yoga journey has been 18 years of just exploration, refinement, listening, understanding, traveling. So it's a very long elevator, but that is my medium length bio. Well, I'm, I'm happy to get to know some of that because there's parts of it that I didn't know before. So that, that's wonderful. And especially for the audience to kind of get to know the background because 
just like uh, you, I, my, my yoga journey started with acrobatics and it started with that community. Actually, I'll tell you, I was quite resistant my first time. Um, I was a, a competitive wakeboarder for a little while. So I was used to getting upside down and flipping around and that was, that part of it was great, but it was something I was doing on my own. You know, it was very much an individual for me and for me to join uh, with someone else and depend on their skills and their strengths and their flexibility and their weaknesses. And, and to, to, it was very, a very vulnerable moment for me yeah. to do. And especially since I had not done anything with yoga yet. Now, mm -hmm. now I'm a full-time yoga instructor and things have changed quite a bit, but at that time, it's a very vulnerable moment to say, I'm going to do this with you. I was with a, a partner, a girlfriend of mine who took me to it. And I said, yeah, we'll do that a little park in Orlando, Florida. And I said, okay, well, let's do that. And I could tell you that I was very quite, I was very nervous. And, yeah. but then immediately the community is what mm -hmm. hooked me. It was the community yeah. that said, we got you, we, we got mm -hmm. you, we're going to do this. And of course it, it skyrocketed from there, from taking courses to taking certifications to learning more. And then eventually led me to, to, to wanting to do more with yoga, because again, I was hooked on the idea of this mind body um, separation, but yet connection, because yeah. we, we hadn't learned that before. I'd always been taught if you just work harder, you'll achieve and visualize it and train it. And then your body will learn. But I never really thought that I could separate the three entities of mind, body, mm -hmm. soul, and train them individually to make myself a better and more connected person. So um, really, really amazing. And when, now when I teach acrobatics, I talk about some some values that I think that we that we bring into them. And I'm gonna let you chat about that a little bit as it relates to your book. So um, fast forwarding just a little bit, you've had 18 years of building acroyoga.org, which is certifying trainings, safety. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it goes on and on and teacher trainings and, and so forth. And I actually learned about your training from a, a friend of mine who, who took it. She uh, I believe it was in San Diego, maybe, or it was in Southern California, somewhere where she had taken that. And mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. And um, I had not been 200 hours certified yet for, mm -hmm. for, for yoga yet. So it, it, it put a damper on when I could actually do that. So, cause I hadn't gone to, to India yet. So um, that's some, something I'm still quite interested in, in learning the fundamentals from the acroyoga.org perspective and from you and your co-founders sure. to but yeah, I, I decided to jump head in when I quit my job and moved to India. And that was that was a whole nother thing. But, you know, there's there's some benefits to, to this practice that, you know, when you see people in the park or you see them, you see an acrobat and you go, wow, that's pretty phenomenal. You must be really strong. You must be really. And I always tell people that, yeah, there is some elements to strength when it comes to acrobatics, but really bones are stronger than muscles and it's about technique and the three values that I think are important, but you went ahead and, and added 18 total. And I want to hear about those a little bit, but about your, no, you call it your noble values. Is that right? No, noble elements. Noble elements. Well, so my, the three values that I always just say is that the acrobatics to me is all about trust, balance, and communication, which are really 
if relationship goals, right? Yeah, <laughs> Trust, right. balance, and communication. Can I just have these three things um, in my relationship? Sounds, sounds like you have a tattoo in your future. <laughs> maybe or a t-shirt or something, maybe a bumper sticker. But tell me about those, tell me about those noble elements that you included in, in your upcoming book. Um, the book oh. is is Move, Connect, Play, right? And that's coming out sometime later this year. But I want to hear a little bit about those noble elements that you have in the book. Yeah. So, well, first off, uh, you already uh, hit the nail on the head with bones are stronger than muscles. Uh, in each of the chapters, I have um, principles, and that's one of the principles in the acrobatics chapter. Mm. Um, acrobats live or die on their bone alignments. The highest level acrobatics is it always looks very easy, and it's because humans are designed to work with gravity through their bone structure. So when you learn how to use your muscles to align your bones, you can do quote unquote, superhero uh, strength moves. So basically I, for the first probably decade of acro yoga, um, I was collecting and organizing information and trying to help people see the commonalities between the three roots of acro yoga, which are acrobatics, yoga, and therapeutics. Um, because gravity is one of those unifying principles where if you have good bone alignment, that's going to support your yoga pose. It's going to support your acrobatics and it's going to support your therapeutics. So as I was learning by watching, I'm very much an observer. Um, I would write acro yoga manuals and I would train people. And I kept realizing that, as mystical and as deep as these three roots are, you can spend your whole life just being a yogi, just being an acrobat, just being a healer, and you'll never get to the bottom of that well. Um, but there are some things that are in common to these practices. So the more that I looked at everything, about six, six years ago, I had this idea in meditation that I wanted to create a periodic chart of acro yoga elements, mm. just like the science one. And what was great about that is it, it was a fixed amount of boxes. And so the infinite capacity and expandability of acro yoga, I was then, um, I handed myself the task to distill what are the most important static shapes of yoga, of acrobatics and healing. And I remember I was in Miami for a week with a whiteboard and my thumbs and fingers were black with ink. And I was just this mad scientist for a week and I came up with something. And then I think about a month later, I did uh, a teacher training in Brazil. And that was the first time that I ever used it. Hmm. And I refined it for really until about two months ago, I finally, you know, got the last little edits in and there's a chart, a part of the chart, uh, 18 elements six for acrobatics, six for yoga, and six for healing that I call the noble elements. And these are the qualities that happen by doing the practice. So these are states of being that I think have value. And I think are the, the why of acro yoga. When I see people around the world, because it is around the world, there are Chinese, there are Russian, there are Filipino, there, every culture that has seen the practice, surprisingly to me in the beginning, they all interacted with it in a very similar way and they all started generating these qualities. So um, yeah, these are the elements that happen when you do the practice. So in the acrobatics, you become a better communicator, you become confident, you become more present. In the yoga, you understand things deeper, you have more self-knowledge, you develop inner peace. In the therapeutics, you learn about listening, you learn about receptivity, you learn about compassion. So these are all the qualities that happen when, in my opinion, you're getting to the depth of the practice. 
So there's 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 eighteen, and they and they apply across all three elements, right? The therapeutic, the acrobatic, and the yoga. Okay. Man, it seems like I, I'm going to have some studying to do. You know, right before we got on, I actually, I'll show this. Uh, the listeners can't hear it, but I wrote on here on my on this little paper. It says, be a good listener and observe, you know, because I tend to, I tend to sometimes think about my next thing. We, we all do that, right? We're, we're, but yeah. yet with acrobatics, it is about that nonverbal communication that happens sometimes. I know in a, in a, in a partner element, you can't just say, move your left foot because we're turned in different directions. We have to mm -hmm. touch, tap, move, feel balance and, and, and kind of create that, that harmony. And I think that's where in sometimes there is a, I'm going to call it mistaken intimacy because it's, it's sometimes perceived in a different way in acro, especially when it comes to the therapeutic element, we feel like we're being healed or we feel like we're being, um, you know something that's been plaguing us is being removed by someone but really it is is it is that alignment that you're talking about like hey mm -hmm. things came into alignment to where we can connect and i happen to have this set of skills it sounds like daniel craig right? but we have this set of skills and i know how to use them and and, and you, you know you're in need of them and and i think it's a really beautiful thing to be able to offer that in three in three elements not just the circus um acrobats and not just the yogis who go to a hot yoga class once a week but there is the the group of people who just say, I don't want to be an acrobat, but I like this connection. I like the, this community. I like yeah. knowing that I'm safe. I like that there's something, uh, I think it's community wide, but I use it a lot as safe touch. There is this yeah. safe touch that it allows this healing to happen Completely. Um, in a place where I don't feel like I'm owing anything to anyone or there's there there. it's almost like there's this obligatory reciprocation that's needed and it's not with acro yoga therapeutics it's just like hey i'm giving this to you it's like a gift it's like hey there you go yes and um you know i do actually charge for body work and i was actually in an uber recently and i was just you know talking with them a little bit and i told them that for the first 10 years of doing body work i didn't charge any money i was teaching acro yoga when my mm -hmm. friends had injuries i would help them with it but i never charged and when i finally did charge i charged a premium you know i get paid three to $500 an hour, depending on what country I'm in. And the thing that's interesting about the therapeutics, when I do get paid, it just seems like, wow, this is, this is wild because I have done this for free. I would do this for free. And I don't feel like I need to get paid for it. I'm happy that I've shifted my paradigm around that because yeah. I did have, you know, kind of a scarcity money thing for many, many years, or not even a scarcity, just money wasn't a focus. And um, when you're doing acro yoga well and right, you're winning as you're doing it. And I talked to yeah. a, a cri crypto guy today that I was working on, actually. I said, you know, I don't know a lot about cryptocurrency, but what I believe the first human currency was, was trust. And the unique thing about trust is, you know, before there was sharing seashells and mines and minerals and gems, trust was the unique human currency. And what's unique about it is when you give your trust, you let go of fear and you win. And when you receive trust, you become more confident and empowered. Mm. So you win. Usually in a, a free market, when somebody exchanges a currency, it is a winner and a loser. And so I am very much uh, a proponent of finding win-win scenarios. And as you said, you got hooked on acroyoga by the community. 
and when you can have a community of people that are invested in win-win philosophy, where I'm not giving to you because you need to give back, I'm giving to you because I like the process, I like you, I like the community, and when you have a bunch of you know emotionally intelligent humans that know how to win and and offer their their extra, their surplus, that's that's what I'm cultivating in the world. That's what I aim to cultivate in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, we uh, some of my first performing opportunities that I ever did as an acrobat um, were at music festivals. You know, I got some opportunities to to go and and teach acro classes at the festival, and then performing in front of some stages. And but there'd always be that like healing element that would happen sometimes in either like the wee hours. Um, or sometimes it would be like just because your your legs are hurting from dancing and whatever. And mm-hmm. I have a I think a friend that we that we share, my buddy Rob. We would go to these festivals and Newman, yeah, Miami, yeah. <laughs> and we would give like therapeutic sessions to people, and people would be, like, "How are you doing this all day long?" And, and we would say, "We're doing this because it, it is about that alignment we just talked about." I can sit here in yeah. an L based position all day and give you yeah. twists and turns and let gravity be what pushes you into my hands i can do that all day long and it does it's not yeah. hard for me to give that as long yeah. as you are trusting me yeah. and as long as we're communicating and there's some you know some mm-hmm. some elements in place but we could do that all day long i can lay on the ground as long as i don't have a rock in my back i can mm-hmm. certainly sit here and lay and give to you and that's a, a really nice way especially as um you're getting to know people and you know festivals themselves are quite friendly and like yeah. hey i have a, a unique gift that i can that i can offer um which they may not find anywhere else and it's just what they needed so um yeah we used to do something called uh roller coaster rides are you familiar with roller coaster rides (laughs) no but i want to be (laughs) i have ideas in my head i can't wait to hear (laughs) roller coaster ride for the listeners i'll I'll make it a little bit more descriptive but a roller coaster ride is essentially taking folded leaf so you're folding Mm -hmm. Um, legs are in straddle. You're bent. You're bent over, or you're 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 piking at the waist. And usually, you make the flyer um, just embrace their their arms. So grabbing opposite mm-hmm. elbows or something like that. So they're in a folded yeah. leaf, or maybe in a super yogi type position. Uh-huh. And if you're at a music festival and you're listening to Grizz or Bass Nectar, essentially you make the movement of this folded leaf follow that of the bass drops. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and yes. and I, I cannot take credit for it because I Rob, I believe, was the originator of this, but we did this at many, many festivals and offered yeah. them to to others. So um it's it's just one of those 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 fun things. Now that went away last year and I'm sure that last year was a big change for you. I I was I was very ready to do more festivals and I was very ready to go teaching and do some more retreats. And then um, there was other plans. And I'm sure as a body worker and as your business is pretty much, I mean, not all, but a lot of it is based on touch. It's based on interpersonal space and touch. Tell me a little bit about how maybe some of the challenges you went through as a body worker and and acro yoga in general. I mean, guessing the trainings had to all stop for a year. Yeah, tell so, me tell me a little bit about the challenges you you dealt with in shutting down your businesses. <laughs> well, I'll just give you kind of the the long elevator ride 2020 story. Um, so I was in Mexico at a very successful uh, event. It was a ten day event. We had about forty five people. We were having the time of our lives. Some of my best friends were there, and um, New Year's Day. 
some what somebody that was in the community not actually in the event he committed suicide and so uh january 2nd i was in the middle of teaching and my co-teacher says hey we got to go across the street and identify a body so this was the wake-up call of 2020 for me and it was obviously super super intense so um you know we had to hold space for this guy's girlfriend that was there, a community of 45 people that were there to do an amazing acro yoga event. And, you know, you never know what cards are going to be pulled for you when uh, I've never dealt with something like that as a facilitator. So that happened. And that just, um, you know, what it did for me in that moment is uh, there was so much struggle and suffering at the beginning of the year because of that. And there were some other events that happened that were just like car accidents and uh, just all these obstacles started showing their face early in that year. And there was a moment where um, I got to hang out with a puppy and mm -hmm. this little newborn puppy filled my heart so much. But usually I'd be like, okay, cool, a puppy. But I was feeling the the polarization or the dynamic uh, nature of 2020, that the lows were going to be really low. So if I have a moment to experience a high, I'm going to drink it in with every pore of my being. So I soaked in the puppy love. And then my next trip was to India. Um, I taught a course there and I'm sure we'll talk more about India, but I want to kind of get to the 2020 uh, story more for this moment. Um, then I went to uh, Malaysia and Bali. Bali, I teach a teacher training. And at the end of the teacher training, we led a festival with 100 people. This is January, no, February 20th. So we have heard of Corona, but things haven't gotten crazy yet. And basically, when I got back to America early March, I could feel it was going crazy. So I bought a vehicle and I got across the border into Mexico and quarantined for four months in Mexico at a friend's retreat center in Sayulita. And all of us went on a wild ride last year. But what was unique to me is this has never happened in my life before. I don't like absolute terms like every and always. I think I can say it pretty, pretty close to accurate. Every single one of my acro yoga friends had some type of breakdown during 2020 because for a lot of us, we had our income taken away. We had our friends, our family, our our identity, our ability to travel, our ability to love people, all of them taken away. And in 2020, the end, I did a, a New Year's retreat with some friends, 10 friends. So if it wasn't for that, I did body work on 10 people in 2020. And after that New Year's retreat event, it was 20. I worked on 20 bodies. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, at a festival, you'll work on 20 bodies in one day at the festival. Yeah, yeah. Like that, Easy. that was our norm. And I didn't know how much I loved body work until I couldn't do it for a year. It's, it's, it's reconfirming that you realize that is your passion, right? So they always say, when you find your passion, you'll never work another day in your life. But what happens when your passion is taken away from you? And it, it, it almost feels as though there's like a withdrawal, right? And yeah. I, will, I, I don't know if you had some of this, this same... Uh, I'll call it feedback because it was a nice way of saying it. But I remember having it taken away. I moved here to St. George and um, immediately I wanted to start creating community because it, it didn't exist in the way that it did in Orlando, you know, we and in St. Pete. And I just I really wanted to have that because it is something that I was having a withdrawal from. But yeah. the feedback that I got with creating a space where someone is above you, you're touching hands was you're being irresponsible. You're being socially irresponsible. 
You shouldn't do that. What do you think yeah. you're doing? You're going to get everyone sick. You're going to be the problem. It's your, this is your fault. Yeah. And um, part of me was receptive to feedback, but part of me was also um, very resistant to that because yeah. um, part of my health, I think for me, is those uplifting, those dopamine lifts, those connections. Um, and I do some other stuff with, with cold immersion and breath work that, that keeps me pretty darn healthy. I haven't been sick in a long, long time um, because of that. But I, I felt that as though there were certain sectors of the acrobatic community who were very much disappointed with their acro events happening. Did you get any of that feedback too? Like that where you wanted to do acrobatics or you wanted to be on the beach with friends or what did you, what did you see, receive as you were trying to, to you know, be, be you? Right. So I will for the rest of my life be wearing many hats and yeah. I'm the co-founder of acro yoga. I own a company. I've certified 1500 teachers. So there's lots of different levels of, how my thoughts, words, and actions affect other people. And then at the core of it, I'm Jason. <laughs> and yeah. Jason has needs and desires too. So when I was in quarantine in Mexico, I had a girlfriend that I was with. And in the next village over, there were about four acroyogis. And we couldn't go village to village uh, in the height of the pandemic. They were really, really strict about anybody going anywhere. So when we had our first party where there were I think six or eight people, three dogs. Like, I think all of us cried at some moment during that mm -hmm. event. Um, and it was just what surprised me or one of the things that stood out so much is we got into our patterns so deeply of, okay, it's two people. This is how we cook. This is how we clean. We got into our patterns. And when you had the magic of eight people, they're cutting vegetables, they're playing with the dog, they're going down to the beach, it was just so beautiful to be in flow with people again. And um, I did see a lot of polarization. And, and some, I, I came up with this idea slash, you know, mon stabilizing mantra uh, early on in the pandemic. I realized that no matter how intelligent somebody is, people are going to make very emotional decisions with coronavirus. Um, this has never happened in our lifetime where a whole globe of humans is having similar restrictions and similar suffering. So I don't care if you're a PhD virologist or if you're a shaman, people are going to act emotionally. So I need to know that. And that includes me because I try to be logical and I try to think straight. But as soon as I realized that there were going to be a lot of very, um, there's going to be a big rainbow of acceptance of what is normal and what is not normal during this pandemic that helped to ground me and just expect very wild, unexpected reactions to this. So where you're in Texas now, and there's a pretty good acrobatic community there in, in, in Austin that I'm, I'm pretty, I'm fairly familiar with them. I know that there's a pretty good, are you guys back to back to normal or semi-normal or how are, how are things going there? It just started up. Um, so when I came to Texas, I came in a pod and it was one, two, three, four, five, six people. And I was vaccinated early when I was in San Diego. I went as a volunteer because uh, I'm bilingual and I got to help a lot of the Latinos get their first shots. Um, so mid-March, I got my second vaccination. So as soon as I came here, I felt safe and I felt fine, but I was in my pod 
for the first month and a half. And I just started for about the last month expanding my client network and meeting more people, but I haven't jumped into the ACRO community per se. I do know they exist. I do know they just started up. They had a jam a couple of Fridays ago that were 70 people. And one mm -hmm. of the guys that's uh, organized it, he's like, wow, I, we used to have 150 and 70 felt like claustrophobic. So I think a lot of us, as much as we want things to just open right back up, there's a bit of a bumpy reintegration into what was normal. And I think it was really beautiful for us to be able to have our lives stripped down to the very basics. And now we have the, the opportunity to rebuild. How many friends do we really want to have? How much interaction do we really need to be happy? And so I think there's a lot of reconfiguration going on, but the news is in Austin, things are definitely opening up more. Texas is a little bit more, um, on the progressive edge of pushing yeah. the Corona uh, situation. Yeah. We never really had much here. Um, uh, maybe it's cause I live in a very sparsely populated area and we never really had that as an issue, but I'm still working at building community here just in general. And I think that yeah. those who have a, I don't, I guess a stigma is the best way to say it, but a stigma about that interaction and what touching and does and, you know, that, that we need to, to overcome that. And it, it, I'm sure it'll happen over time, but you know, we um, had that, I'll call it grace. We had that time period where everything shut down, which mm -hmm. allowed us to create new things, yep. you know, and without that, we would probably would have still been in our weekly jams, our classes, our teacher trainings, our retreats, and mm -hmm. we would have just kind of flowed. But what, what it really did do is give us a, a time to slow down yes, and make a few changes that are now positively impacting our lives. This podcast came out of, out of pandemic, you know, yeah. and, and your book came out of pandemic. So I, I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Tell me, I, I, I read one book and I'll tell you, I, I think this might be the first acro yoga book for sure. I've, I read a book that was about partner acrobatics. I think it was called contact yoga, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, this was about partner yoga, uh, similar, yep. but not the same and not, not even close. But, and then I've read a bunch of acrobatic things, but this is the first of its kind for acro yoga. And um, the name of your book is uh, Move, Connect, Play, the Art of S the Art and Science of Acro Yoga, right? Correct. And, and you're, you're the, the first you're, humans to speak it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> the art and science of acro yoga. And you're the you're the sole writer, or is this a partnership with your um, um, with acroyoga.org with your your co-founders? No, I'm the sole writer. Um, I okay. did have uh, some of my best friends help edit the book. Two okay. PhD smarty pants. Uh, <laughs> one of my best friends, um, both male and female best friends, just people that really know me and really know the practice. Um, so lucky enough, 2019 in the fall, I went to New York and um, my agents helped me put together a book proposal. And I'd, I'd written many Acro Yoga books before and actually Contact Yoga. Uh, these are the people that taught Jenny, the co-founder of Acro Yoga, Jenny Sauerklein. They taught her the therapeutic aspect of Acro Yoga. So, you know, these, these lineages have many different inputs and there's, there's hundreds of people that have given their um, most prized practices to me and Jenny back in the day, and we weed them all together. But getting back to New York, I got uh, to pitch five different publishing houses. And out of the five, there was only one that I got to fly the editor. And I got this woman up on my feet and I did all kinds of stuff with her. I, I had her in a handstand <laughs> on my hands. I have a video of it actually. It's, it's a you put the video. You put the publisher 
in hand to hand in hand to hand <laughs> and then wonderful. did their therapeutics on her like i knew that this is this is the moment for me to shine like crazy and out of the five penguin random house was one of the five and as soon as i met them i was like these guys suck there's no vibe here sorry <laughs> if, you, if you're a fan of their stuff but it just it wasn't about them as a company it was about my vibe with that guy it wasn't there and when i asked him to fly you should have seen his face it was just like i don't i don't get out of the seat and i don't fly um so <laughs> when when all of the offers came back like the one that came from this woman daniela rap is her name was leaps and bounds above all the other ones and i knew that um we had an essence connection so if i'm going to build a project with somebody i want them to understand what they're building uh and she went to the boardroom and she said look this guy in five minutes completely changed my life this book is going to change the world we need him and she fought to get a really good deal and so you know pandemic happens and I get to go to Mexico on the beach for four months and write, 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 and work with my friends. Um, so really, I couldn't have had a better um, scenario of world events, including the moment now where people are starting to get out of the pandemic. And they're, yeah. they're kind of like teenagers just stumbling around and a little awkward and not sure how to dance anymore. So I, I really believe that the, the wisdom in this book is going to help people uh, learn what the value of connection is, learn different ways they can interact with their bodies and with the, the bodies of their friends and, and community. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the, that's the play element though, too. I mean, you know, I think as a title, we, we sometimes say we're acro monkeys, right. And we, because monkeys are all very playful and making shapes and jumping around and flipping. And it's, there is a, a, a sort of serious kind of that publisher you said that doesn't get out of the chair who has lost his, maybe his his idea of what play is he said it's only for kids only kids play but the the thing is, is with play is it not only increases your connection to someone else because you're playing together you're creating this vibe even if it's not competitive play it's just play it's just sharing and i think that it also empowers you um in in other ways and you know that that play itself makes you feel that confidence that you were talking about like hey i feel confident that i can walk into a a conference room and put a lady in hand to hand that's play because i mean if you didn't know that ahead of time you wouldn't just be picking up some random person and putting them <laughs> upside down that's quite dangerous True. so True. so so you have that little bit of of, of communication with them hey this is what i'm going to do this is how we're going to get there this is what you need to do with your body and then you and then you get them into it which creates a, a lasting uh i guess impression but also memory forever um she'll remember yeah. that forever no one else has pitched a, a book that way and um <laughs> at least not yet and and i think that, that that you and i can both attest to that through many many jams and different travels um with that this practice itself becomes very memorable um more yeah, than I, at, le at least for me more than some yoga classes it just becomes a very memorable experience uh, based on who's there and where it's at you know yeah, and you spoke to play um, and, you know, in the acrobatics, yoga and therapeutics, therapeutics or healing, healing uh, comes from the word to be whole. Uh, I just taught my first live event here in Austin. It was about 10 people, uh, five couples, and 
I basically taught a very beginner workshop and I love teaching beginners because they get mm -hmm. so wowed by very simple things. And it's just like, oh, you're not jaded by chasing the skills yet. That's so nice. And at the end, I just said, you know, is there anything that anyone wants to share? Something that was surprising, something that was, um, you know, that you appreciated. And this woman said, it's really hard for me to trust people, especially men. Mm. And she went into a little bit about just having sexual trauma and how healing it was for her to be in a room with people where she trusted everybody and she trusted every man and her partner was there with her, but she worked with other men. And, you know, a lot of times we don't even know where, how much more joy we can have out of life by playing or how many wounds we've pushed down and we don't even know they're there. Or if they come up, we don't know how to face them. We don't know how to even address the path towards healing. And this is what's so beautiful about being in a community. Every single person has a different medicine. They have a different magical skill that they can mm. sprinkle into your life. And I don't believe in healers so much. I believe in people that create collaborative healing spaces. So if I feel I am a healer, I'm going to heal you. First of all, it's an ego trip. And second of mm. all, it's really not true from my experience. The healing happens in the other person's body. The healing happens in my body when I'm present, when I'm loving. And if that other person can be present and loving as well, great. But I'm not here to fix people because there, is, there isn't anything to fix. There's an opportunity to understand more, to grow more, to love more. And these are the, again, it comes back to noble elements and or the energy that flows between people. This is why I do these practices. It's, you know, the Instagram likes are cool, you know, photographs are cool, but the energy yeah. that flows between people that are fully present and saying yes to each other, it's magical. That's something that can't be captured by a picture, Jason. Honestly, some of that, I, mean, I wish we could, it's, it's really hard to capture that element of healing that took place, the changes that took place, trusting that happened. Um, and truthfully, some of the, the hardest acro poses and moves don't always photograph the best. You know, they're, yeah. they're, it's, it's sometimes it's the simplicity of a very mm -hmm. easy thing that just shows the beauty in nature and shows us in harmony with nature. Just being there next to a rock or next to a tree and making a shape that, that emulates nature is actually more powerful of an image than someone in a beautiful costume tossing someone in the air and you can't really see what's happening. You just see, you know, a blur of a, of a flyer, you know, and they're all impressive and wonderful, but the, yeah, the, the really, I think the, the impressive pictures that come out of it are really when we're in harmony with one another and with our elements around us. And, um, that's what I like about Acro. You just have to take any equipment other than maybe, uh, you need at least two people. I, I like to tell people that if they're going to try it, they need at least three. Yeah. <laughs> they, they need at least three to, to try because they're going to see on Instagram, some picture that they want to copy. <laughs> True. And the photographer. <laughs> But then the fourth element, the fourth element is definitely the spotter. And I'm guessing you talk yeah. about that in your, in your book that, that, that is part of safe touch is being safe practices, you know, having spotters. And I, I, I've learned many, many times that actually the spotter is the most dangerous position in acro yoga. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I bet a lot of people don't know this about me or about the practice because I, I, I did a 180 uh, early on, but I'd say the first two years of acroyoga, I didn't teach spotting. 
because the classes were small enough and I would always have myself, Jenny, mm. at least one or two assistants that we would just teach. And then it's like, when I clap my hands and say, go, we were running around catching people because <laughs> I mm. thought people would have no interest in spotting it. Like I didn't pay money to come to this workshop to learn how to do your job. That's your job. I'm here to do the acro. That was my mindset. And the first world tour, I wasn't even a world tour. It was the first time I was traveling to Europe. I think I had a workshop in London and I had 40 people and it was just me. And I was like, oh shit, this is when it gets real. And basically I started the workshop and I said, Hey, um, you know, Usually when I teach, I have a bigger team. I'm going to have to teach you guys in groups of three. So if you came with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you know, you're going to have to bring a friend into this party. And, um, and I was shocked, number one, how well it worked. I was a much more calm and I could actually see the whole room instead of running around and putting out fires. And I was also shocked how much uh, they would talk about what they learned as the spotter because they saw things from the outside. And that's really where the spotting uh, became a huge part of the practice. And at this point, you know, I, I really believe that the growth of the community is expanded or contracted by the spotters. And I felt this for the first time when I was at the Dutch Acrobatics Festival, my first, no, my second year. And there was a workshop where they taught a three high pyramid that was their pinnacle move. And there were no spotting belts and the mats weren't that thick. And I had a flyer with me and I just looked around. And I saw all these really tall Scandinavian, Northern European men ready to catch. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try a three high pyramid with my friend. Yeah. And I would never do that outside of lines or outside of really safe environments, but it was a really safe environment. So I, I'm glad that you see and value and recognize the, the beauty of, because really what, what the spotter is, when you're a base and a flyer, that's a partnership. When you're base flyer spotter, three is the smallest community. Everything you learn in that triad, especially if you switch positions, uh, becomes your template for how you interact with a greater group of people. So there's a lot of life lessons that get learned when you are flexible enough to change from base to flyer to spotter and learn how to exchange information and lift each other up. Yeah, certainly. There, there's, there's definitely value in learning. You know, I, I, I'll see people where like, I'm a base. Nope, I'm a, I'm a flyer. Nope, I, you know, and, and, and they, they already claim their roles, but there's a lot of value in just saying, hey, I, I do all of the above. Actually, in Orlando, we had a shirt. One of my friends, Sarah, made a shirt that said, uh, I have base, I fly equal opportunity or something like what it said yeah. on her shirt. I'm an equal opportunity yeah. acro yogi or something like that. Yeah. And it was, a, it was great to see that shirt that we're, you know, we're, we're pushing equal opportunity and, in, in, in all aspects of it. But yeah, I, I hadn't got in into lines until I started really training at some of like the cheer gyms and I went to St. Pete and we, you know, there's a, a really beautiful acrobatics gym in, in St. Petersburg. And, you know, that's the first time I really gotten into Aaron's lines. Place, yeah. Yep. 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 And, and, just, and just for your listeners, lines are spotting belts, ways that you can do really dangerous things with, with pretty much zero risk. But still needs three people. You know, you still need a flyer sure. base and you still need somebody to control those lines. And that was a, an eye opener for me because there was things that were um, we did before using lines but it was quite dangerous, you know, and maybe right. you have two spotters and, you know, or three even where you're doing like pitch catch kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And now with lines, it made it a lot different having big cushy mats. And so mm -hmm. those who are getting into acro acrobatics and getting into acro yoga specifically, and they read your book and they want to go out there and do it, they're going to start to see some things. Tell me some advice that you would give them. I'm guessing that you have some areas in there about spotting, but some advice mm -hmm. that those who read your book and go, okay, 
honey, this is what we're doing now. Let's go out there yeah. and do some macro yoga. Tell them, tell me a little bit about what you would advise people when they read your book and they want to get started. Where do they go? How do they start? Yeah. So, um, thank goodness I have uh, practiced teaching to beginners for a long time. I've learned a lot of very, very stupid things that I've done in the past. And I've learned from my, my, uh, let's say my younger years as an acrobatics teacher teaching civilian population acrobatics. What's in the book, especially if you go right to chapter four, your first flight, it is time tested. It's very well sequenced. And I would say good advice is it should be a hell yes for everyone to do what you're about to do. And if anyone is like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure is a no. And there's lots of different things you can try in the book, including partner yoga, including time massage. You don't have to start with the crazy dynamic acrobatics. So you know you're doing acro yoga well and right. If it's easy, if it's fun, if you're ha if you're enjoying the person that you're with, if you turn into kind of a, a not so nice person to work with because you're pushing your partner or your partner isn't, um, you know, ready to do certain things, find something that both of you can say yes to find something that's fun. And like you said, ideally you can find that third friend. So a lot of times partners, they have their own dynamic and they have their own patterns. And as soon as you mix one other person, everyone's on their best behavior. <laughs> Everyone mm. wants to show up and have a good time. So those are a few key, key things. I've, I've found that, that almost, I mean, most, most metropolitan areas have communities. You just have to look for them, um, yeah. that, that, that can get you inter introduced to them. And of course I, you have a lot of resources on your website too. So of those who don't know Jason's website, uh, well, I'm talking about acroyoga.org and then your personal website, do you have, um, resources on there too, or you acroyoga.org? Coming okay. soon, jasonemer.com. I'm working on it. And also uh, on YouTube, Acroyoga International. I've got tons of free videos there. I okay. really want the practice to be accessible, safe. The um, mission statement of Acroyoga is to support all people through movement, connection, and play. So actually coming up with the title of the book wasn't really that hard. It just, you know, kind of copy pasted. Yeah my mission and my mission is based on my CEO years ago. She said, what is, we we're trying to find the mission, the new one for Acro Yoga. And she's like, what is Jason Niemer's mission statement? And it really is about uh, empowering all people. And I've had the pleasure of working with many different cultures. I had one year where I worked with three different paraplegic people. And I write about that in a book. So when people say I can't do Acro Yoga, I have some very compelling evidence that all people can do it. And it just depends on, Whatever your limitation is, you have to be clever and creative about how you say yes to it. Uh, also, just on that note, uh, there's a lot of power to the words that we say. And I've learned this from yoga, from mantra, uh, from just studying a lot of different languages. I really don't like the word disabled. Um, I have a friend, the amputee acrobat on Instagram, CR. He's in Vegas. I don't know if you've met him. Um, you probably will. Uh, he's an amputee and he can do things that most humans can't do. So instead of disability, I think people are extra ability because if you don't have sure. a leg, if you don't have the use of your lower half of your body, you have to become a superhuman to do the most mundane, simple things. So, um, this is for all people and you're all invited to the party. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. It's intimidating when you see someone who's quite skilled or a partnership who's very calibrated and mm -hmm. you say, well, and I, I, I'm using the words very specific there because 
that partnership is calibrated, no matter how skilled I am. And yes, I can help a flyer get into a lot of different areas, but that calibration takes it up a, a, an amazing dynamic to where both partnerships. And so usually when couples come to classes, I separate them because I want that. I want them to leave feeling success. So, um, and similar to, to your story, I teach a, I teach a, a style of yoga uh, occasionally called love your brain, which is for those mm. with traumatic brain injury. And wow. And um, it's through a, a, a company, but and I had the unique opportunity to fly people in acro that have suffered or survivors of TBI. And we like to use the word resiliency with them rather than a recovery because mm -hmm. we're moving forward in a way that is very uh, elastic, very much like I can move that direction. I don't want to go back to who I was. I don't want to recover that person. I actually want to be and improve and get stronger and better. And I think those who have those unique abilities, you know, maybe you're an amputee or those who maybe have a head injury who are maybe even more acutely aware of what their abilities are. Whereas Wait, those who are able body may say, I should be able to do this. I'm fit. I'm, I'm strong. I lift weights, but yet they're not acutely aware of like body positioning and, and body awareness and, stacking and bones and you know and and so as you become less resistant <laughs> to what your ego tells you that you can do mm -hmm. what you used to be able to do in high school when you were a cheerleader then you become then you begin to go into that resiliency mode where you say i can improve and i can grow and i can evolve and and it's a really beautiful thing to watch someone who was intimidated i've, I've had yeah. people come to my classes and i'm sure you have too who maybe live in bigger bodies mm -hmm. who say I'm, I'm just going to be the base because, yeah. because I, you know, and I'll, I'll say, no, 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 get over here. Yeah. I can fly you. Totally. Anyone can fly you who is doing this properly, who was, you know, yeah. understands that stacking alignment. I don't care how much you weigh. I don't care what your dimensions are. Feel yeah. the freedom of play. The freedom of totally. play is, is really like, it's empowering. And there was a part of me for a while that was said, I'm not going to fly. I'm, I'm a base, you know, yeah, as I started. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I am going to do more of this. And then of course, um, being the flyer has actually helped me in a lot of other aspects too, because then I can teach from that standpoint. Um, and compassion. You have compassion for what it's like to be afraid as a flyer, because a lot of oh, the yeah. stage is like, why are you so afraid? Or Flyers look down. Why are you so wobbly? And then the flyer lays down like, oh, this shit's hard. <laughs> or yeah. the base says, oh, this shit's scary. <laughs> well, we both have some experience in sharing this all over the country or all over the world. And um, I had the the experience of, of being in India and sharing acro. And it's, it's not unfamiliar. It's not unfamiliar to them, but it's certainly um and in addition to what what is taught in hatha yoga or taught in uh you know ashtanga yoga and um kind of creating these these nice uh shapes <laughs> creating new and different shapes that are maybe unique to acro yoga so what i what i kind of wanted to to hint on is acrobatics have been around for a long time acrobatics have been you can see a bunch of black and white videos of people balancing people on their heads and walking up the stairs in china and you can see all this stuff happening tell me a little bit about differentiation of what acro yoga is to acrobatics um we talked about the three elements but i wanted you to go a little bit deeper into that if you can because i remember sure. there was a I'll call it a small feud within the community, <laughs> maybe two years ago where there was a big uproar about calling 
something that is acrobatics, calling it acro yoga or calling acro yoga acrobatics. And there was like this, it was really just a matter of terms. And I don't know if you remember when this happened, but um, there was a, a group of people who was, did not want this to be called acro yoga because they are simply standing acrobats. It is standing mm -hmm. acrobatics. And so on its fundamental level, can you talk about what acro yoga is and isn't and what acrobatics sure. is and isn't? So I can only share from the lens of my unique perspective yeah, and yeah. Um, I'm a competitive acrobat. So a lot of people don't know what that is. There is right. a federation just like gymnastics, what's called sports acrobatics. Um, and just like in gymnastics, you have judges, you have a federation, they value skills. Then there's circus and circus is not a regulated thing. It's a performance-based thing. Yeah. So when I think of yoga, yoga came from one place and has spread all over the world and has grown and expanded and transformed. So yoga at least has an origin uh, where acrobatics, there is no origin. Right. Like you were saying with the monkeys and the apes, like it's part of our DNA to be acrobatic. The word acro, um, like the Acropolis means the city, the high city on the edge. So it's it's on the edge is what acro means. Bat means to walk. So to walk on the edge is what the term hmm. acrobat means. Um, as far as yoga, yoga means union. So acro yoga is to bring your union to the edge. So you can bring your union, union to the edge by doing partner work that pushes uh, how deep you can exhale when you're receiving therapeutics, how unified your body can be when you're doing acrobatics, how much trust you can have. So there are things that are inherent to the human experience. And then there are the things that we give the labels to. Um, as far as yoga goes, the father of modern yoga, Krishmacharya, he was very influenced by British gymnastics. And a lot of people mm -hmm. don't know this. And I actually got not called out, but I, I, I got some, some talking to on a Facebook group recently saying that, you know, I need to give more props to yoga uh, and make sure that people know that uh, a lot of the wisdom that I'm sharing comes from a country, comes from yoga. And this, this colonial idea of coming in and taking things and monetizing them is really uh, not cool. And I totally respect a lot of those things. At the same time, uh, there is a transference of wisdom traditions. And when something has value to humans, they will continue to utilize it and expand it and grow it. Um, so things like chaturanga, chaturanga is not an ancient thing. This is something that gymnastics influenced. Handstands, this is not yeah. an ancient thing. Headstand is, so there's a lot of similarities, but acrobatics and gymnastics directly affected yoga and current modern yoga is not the stuff that was written on caves and in the Upanishads and in no. a lot of the ancient texts. So there already has been crossover in the last 100, 200 years. And with acrobatics, there is the, the competition tradition, there's the circus tradition. And basically, a lot of times people want to claim um, that this is from this place and this is the person that taught it. And I, I get that and I appreciate where that comes from. But at the end of the day, when you see people in the park in Orlando doing a ninja star, do they need to know that Lux is the one that came up with that? No, they have no idea who Lux is. And, you know, 
this is something that grows, thank goodness, it grows bigger than the person who discovered it. And, and humans throughout history will always take things of value and put them to use in their life. And that is the biggest compliment I can ever get is that there are many people around the world that are finding acroyoga is affirming their life. And if these acrobats don't like acroyoga, wait until they get injured and an acroyogi gives them a therapeutic flight. This is when they might see the value of this, these weirdos laying on their back doing all these kind of acrobatic things. That's very, very well put together. Thank you, Jason. I, 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 I was kind of conflicted because there's a lot of things that I really like, like doing hand to hands. And I really enjoy, um, uh Oh, did I lose you? Uh Oh, are you still there? I'm here. Are you still? Okay. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Well, you know, I don't think it's a, a very good podcast or or a, a virtual class if we don't have at least one technological hiccup because they have to happen. So, exactly. Um, but I, I agree with you. There, there. We learn from each other. We emulate each other. We grow from each other. I mean, uh, uh, there's a, a gentleman in the in the yoga community. I'll say he's in yoga and he's in acro community. A, a guy named Lamont Good, and I, I think that he's very influential as it relates to um, just body movement and postures and changing and and, and enough to where it's influencing uh, yoga. You know, to where we're yeah. adding we're adding things that he incorporates that are kind of breakdancing moves, <laughs> if anything, and turning them and they're becoming um, yoga poses, you know, and where the, uh, you know, Ashtanga is allowing these things to, to be part of the practice. And I mean, really, if we look at, I, I should know better than this, but I, really yoga has only been in the United States, maybe a, a hundred years. I mean, really in its, in its, in its um, asana form. You know, when, yeah. you know, when Yogananda came over in the 1920s, 1930s, and then, you know, Krishnamacharya, the father of modern vinyasa yoga, you know, he started introducing things. But really, all of this stuff in the Western world has influenced and they've influenced each other. And I think that's that's a really key ingredient where I'm seeing even teacher trainings in Rishikesh, you know, in, in northern India, the, the birthplace of Hatha yoga, where they're offering acrobatics or offering acro yoga as some form as part of yeah. their 200 hour trainings that's and wild what a compliment i, I know right <laughs> the birthplace where shiva's tears the birthplace of, of hatha yoga is including acro as part of their curriculum base curriculum 200 hour training because they realize that it creates community and a yeah an experience that students will remember that it is memorable not just the environment but like that yeah. connection and and so i'm kind of, i guess i'm going down to india in talking about india here now but in india there's a, a word i don't know if you're familiar with this word it's ishwara ishwara you know and the the deity that you um pray pray to basically yeah whatever th whatever that is it's everything right so ishwara god or universe or source or, or it's in the trees it's in everything but really when we when we i think that when we have that joining of divinity like kind of like the namaste we have that joining of divinity we mm -hmm. have ultimate levels of creation like we can create shapes mm -hmm. we can create movement we can create heat within our bodies we can create love we, we can do all kinds of things that are really really powerful and we do them in this place of play and connection. I mean, it's really, it's really, it's really 
fantastic. And I, I remember being there um, and teaching people to do, you know, acro on the beach and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Mother Ganga. And it becomes quite a show. You're, you know, you're sitting there yeah. at the Ganges River doing doing acrobatics. And um, it's just a really beautiful place to, to, to play and create. And I think that's a compliment to you and the work that you're doing is that the birthplace of yoga is doing acro yoga there as part of their um their, their training so it's it's getting out there it's certainly my hairs are standing up <laughs> <laughs> it, it, my values are are, are, are speaking <laughs> yeah and, and so that's definitely you know and so as people want to learn this practice they're gonna they're gonna pick up your book which they can pre-order now through you know, barnes and noble and, and amazon they can get the book so you can search for jason neymar or you can put um uh, move, connect, play, the art of and science of acro yoga, type those things into your, your search engines, and then you'll find places you can pre-order it, um, Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble. And I'm guessing on your site, you'll have a link there at jasonnumer.com. Um, are the, when we open up the book, since I don't have a copy, it's not available yet. It's pre-order only right now. Are we, are we going to see photos and pictures of really cool places? People doing acro yoga. Talk to yes. me about like, tell me about some of the, the cool things we're going to see in there in the way of pictures. Like, what are we going to, what places have you photographed yourself and others uh, doing cool acro stuff? Well, the first part of the book is kind of the history of the practice and, okay. and my life story to a, to a very, you know, condensed degree. Yeah. Uh, so you'll see a, a photograph of me in China when I was 16 years old doing a, uh, uh, a high hand-to-hand -hand on the Great Wall of China. Um, mm. You'll see my grandfather doing acrobatics, which I didn't know he was an acrobat. He died before um, I got that secret. It wasn't until my grandma died. We we're going through old photos. She said he was a gymnast, but he was a straight-up acrobat. He's doing a handstand on thighs. Um, and yeah, there's over 500 photos in there. This this has been the only wow. really difficult part of the process with writing the book was just organizing all of the content in a way that was beautiful, artistic, but also very user-friendly. So you should be able to flip to any part of the book, whether you want to learn how to build more strength, more flexibility, whether you want to uh, learn more about emotional intelligence, if you want to go into the therapeutic Thai massage, there's many different entry points and um, lots of tidbits of just wisdom that is very applicable, not only to your practice, but to your life. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I actually need to pre-order it myself. I, 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 <laughs> are you going to be doing any kind of um, book tours or re releases at, at some of your uh, trainings that people wanted to, to talk to you about it, get a signed copy, that kind of thing? Are you planning anything of that in the near future? It's there's too many variables still. Like I feel like we are climbing out of COVID, but yeah. um, it's it's too early to plan those types of things. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm going to be teaching this practice for the rest of my life. This book is going to be the Acro Yoga Bible for the rest of my life. So I will find times and places to bring people together, share the content of the book, and um, show them how easy it is to activate this practice in their life and in their community. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm interested in, in, in attending that, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of digging into it. So I know that you have the your trainings influence the book, and now the book is kind of you're going to create a course around that, right? Where you're going to be traveling and teaching that course. Is that happening pretty soon too? Well, I do have an online course, so I actually okay. started with the online content first, and then I wrote the book after the content. So um, at acroyoga.org, uh, you can find the Move Connect Play online course now, oh. and you can already start doing the practice. And then when the book comes out, you get all of the poetic details. 
So it's a virtual course. It's not a, not a live Correct. course. It's not a live Correct. course. Gotcha. Okay. Well, now that I need to go, I need to get on there and look. And as I, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to hook you up. You're going to get yourself a free copy of that and uh, that'll get your, your feet wet. Yeah, no, I'm definitely interested. Um, you know, we, we have, um, I have a, a building community here in my community that I, that I want to expand and grow. And what I'm finding is that when I don't, when I'm not there, when I'm traveling and doing stuff, that the community itself sort of fizzles. Like they, they want more yeah. information. They want more knowledge. They want someone to guide them through these things. And I think it goes back to that trust factor. And, and, and if I were to look in the world of acro, at least acro yoga, I mean, I would think your name is the most trustworthy to, to teach this content, you know, that, 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 that I can trust it. I know that it's coming from a place of research and applied um, in many different ways. Whereas, you know, we could pick up a book about handstands and who knows where they come from. I mean, handstands in general, are, you know, there's so many different varieties in them and just general, totally. the circus and the acrobatic handstand and the gymnast handstand are all different. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and the yoga handstand, they're all different in the way that they're taught and implemented and used. So, um, so those who are looking for to kind of build on, on what they may know, maybe they've done um, or maybe even failed. <laughs> they failed at doing a very basic pose while sitting on the beach. They saw it on Instagram. They're going to kind of mm -hmm. learn some of the techniques and then they're going to have a resource from you how to implement that, which is. Yeah. And one thing that um, I just want to uh, chime in on before we, we hop off. Um, I know you definitely love Indian. We've talked about that a little bit. Yeah. The first time I had a proper Indian come to an acro yoga teacher training, it was this beautiful woman. And you know, I asked her, I said, what, what was your motivation? You know, why are you here? And she said, um, I want the people of India to know that men and women can touch in a very healing way that is not sexualized because in India, there's a lot of rape, uh, a lot yeah. of the cultures in the Middle East and in India um, have this polarity. So that was one of my first like, oh my God, what a gift this practice can offer this country that has offered the world so much because the yogic wisdom has completely changed the world. And then, you know, going back to 2020, February, I land in Goa and I'm teaching a, it was about a four day course and it was 30 people maybe 25 of them were Indian, just a handful of uh, expats from, from here and there. And they're from all over India, the North, South, East, the West. I was so happy to see that Acro Yoga was spreading. And at one point we were doing some complicated flying transitions and it was a husband and a wife and I wanted to help them. And I just looked at the husband. I said, is it okay if I work with your wife? And so, but of course, and I lay down and I start flying his wife. And I was just like, so honored that the trust that is built with Acro Yoga mm -hmm. completely breaks down all these cultural barriers where in India, it is not normal for another man to handle a, a married woman in front of the husband. Like there's so many cultural taboos that are just being destroyed. And I believe deeply in the beauty of culture and preserving culture. And I also believe that acro yoga has its own culture that can help you expand who you are as, a, as an individual, who you can be as a community. And you don't have to let go of the beautiful things that are part of your culture and tradition. And at the end of the day, we are designed for play. We are designed for connection. We're designed for movement. So as we unlock these things, we get to uh, really find new levels of who we can be. Thank you. Thank you. My, I, I agree wholeheartedly that, that 
as we tear down the blinders or the walls that we put up, I think uh, that we that we grow. And I, I, I once had a, a a teacher of mine. It was in India. He said that that yoga is the sludge hammer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that, that it is the sludge hammer to knock down the walls we've spent our entire life building. I and, want to meet your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Rishikesh, um, but it, it, and to knock that down, and it kind of goes with the what what the the the, uh, the the Gita talks about too, where it says yoga is this journey back to yourself. It's through the self back to yourself. So knock down the walls, get back to yourself, and get back in there. And um, that that's a very beautiful thing to share with trust. And we talked a little bit about how we communicate and how we have safe touch that's just trusting and communication but something we didn't talk about a lot and i love your take on this um is about balance and i think that's one of the the, the one of those three i mean there's 18 in your in your periodic table here of elements but um one of the three that we that we kind of addressed early can you talk to me a little bit about dynamic balance rather because i think we hear a lot about static balance where we say hold this tree pose or we you know if, if for yogis but talk to me a little bit about dynamic balance and your version of balance and how you describe that in your book so there is no static balance uh, mm -hmm. a static balance would mean that you're dead uh and even if you're dead you're still moving so movement is is part of life and as still as you think things are you've got molecules that are moving at the speed of light and to be in balance, you have to fall out of balance to even register where balance is. So balance is always going to be a moving target. And there's lots of exercises you can do. Like one that I did when I was very young is just balancing sticks on my finger and then lifting them up and straightening my arm and then doing all these acrobatic transitions. And there's tons of movement happening. So as an acrobat, when you get better at balance, what you get better at is being able to maintain composure when you come out of your 100%, I'm in balance here. So how far can you go to the right? How far can you go to the left? How much awareness do you have that you're coming out of balance? So it's um, it's actually my favorite, it's probably my favorite topic about acrobatics is balance because it's the most mystical, it's the most difficult mm -hmm. to describe. Um, and it just so happens that chapter 10, the balance chapter is right in the middle of the book. I was so happy when I figured <laughs> that out. When I was counting the pages, like, yes, I didn't mean it, but I meant it. That is cool that it ended up right in the middle. But um, yeah, balance is 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 about ob about observing self and whatever else that is is around you. And I think that we tend to um, the energy that's around us is what we tend to to kind of grab onto or gravitate to, and and that's how we kind of find balance. That's why we use dristis in in our in our in our yoga practice, where we say, "I'm not going to be here where I'm." wobble i'm going to be out here i'm going to be out here good point. and i'm going to be out here to find balance it's not I'm, I'm kind of using it as a tool rather than it's within me i'm using this as a tool one of the one of the first things that i saw which was a really incredible acrobatic move at the time for me was something called the get up and those who are listening mm -hmm. um you can do it in lots of different ways but basically where you have a flyer in your hands and then you start in a laying down position and you work your way to standing up and it can be done in well, holding their feet. It can be done holding their hips. It can be done holding their shoulders. It can be done holding their hands. And the first time I saw it was done uh, uh, feet. And I thought it was the most incredible thing that I had ever seen because I'm like, hold on, that person just stood up with that other person on their hands. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. I want to do that. And um, I remember 
trying it with spotters and and failing um it will say learning i i, I, I was learning go. i was learning to be successful at that point and i felt a lot of responsibility for my flyer i felt a lot of um pressure to accomplish it you know but just just so you just so you yeah. know the word you said i felt a lot of responsibility this is something i learned from my asian philosophy teacher yeah the ability to respond yeah you felt the ability to respond to your flyer which is exactly part of balance yeah responding okay. to where you need to be yeah i just wanted to point out your brilliance in the word selection oh thank you well that, and that's exactly what i was thinking is like i i i, I do want to have this ability to respond to them and keep them safe and um I remember the first time I accomplished it, I, it was like I had won the gold medal, but I hadn't <laughs> won a gold medal. I was just in a park, sweaty and wearing shorts and had dirt on my feet, but yeah. I, felt, I felt like that. So this is something that the practice that you are refining and putting some guidelines around and putting your noble elements there <laughs> into place. Um, can make people feel like they're winning something especially if they've been someone who maybe has never been very athletic they can do acro yoga someone who is extremely athletic can do acro yoga someone who wants to have connection to their spouse their they can do acro yoga someone who has connection to their community do acro yoga there's like so many reasons to get out of your head that you can't do it and and we can sit around and make excuses all day why we can't do something, you know, but if we don't ever do it, then you won't. I know like one of you, one of your hobbies, you, you told me that, that you really enjoy cooking and, you know, but mm -hmm. like, if you never cook anything, then you'll starve. <laughs> totally. I don't, I don't care how good you are at it. You you'll starve. And if you're bad at it and you still make food, you well, know, like you said, you know, in the park, dirty and sweaty, like you're winning because you're in the practice. Right. And, yeah, this, this is definitely something that people, no matter where you're at, you can find your entry point. Another point on balance is just there's the three practices. So as an acrobat, you're balancing dynamic bodies, like you said, doing the get up, having them okay. lean and communication, and there's, there's risk involved, and there's sweat involved. And then with the therapeutics, when you're balancing, you're helping to balance the musculature, you know, do I have tension in this part of my body? Can I, can I get more uh, heat into this part of my body? Can I get more space into that part of my body? And then in yoga, uh, ideally, you're balancing your thoughts, your words and your actions, and you're being measured in the practices that you're doing every day. So every day, you're getting closer to your true self, and you're not being just a crazy workaholic, or you're not being a couch potato. Um, so so yeah, the thing about balance is every human, no matter whether they practice it or not, they're constantly going to be in a state of trying to balance their life. And there is no end point. There is no winner or loser. There's just people that have more awareness and have more capacity. Mm. And that's something that happens from mindful practice. I don't know that there's ever... A, a completion point with acro yoga though is there there's not really there's always going to be a new washing machine which is a, a kind mm -hmm. of like for those who are yogis it's like a sun salutation but with acrobatics um it that's a great way to describe it it's, it has a starting and an pocket. ending a starting and an end point and we link them together like a sun salutation so we'll call it an acro salutation <laughs> we'll, we'll call it acro namaskar yeah so <laughs> so acro namaskar or washing machine so but there's always some to be learned. And we talked about it earlier that people develop them and don't always know where they come from. I've developed a few, I've developed a few. 
but I don't know that we've actually, someone else has maybe done it. It's just not in a book somewhere. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's out there in the world, you know, and someone has created it. It gets passed through community and changes. And, um, I'm curious if, if there is a resource out there that you know of that if people are looking for other people to play with, where can they go, um, outside of their homes? If there, is there a resource on acroyoga.org or is there a resource that you know of that they can look for, for additional monkeys to play with? Yeah, there's this amazing app called Facebook. <laughs> I've heard of that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. so li literally this is you know a blessing and a curse how much Facebook has gotten around the world. But the blessing is uh, any city you can think of, Berlin, Acroyoga, Austin, Acroyoga, New York, Acroyoga, and sometimes you know there'll, there'll be a Bay Area Acroyoga for San Francisco. But with just a little bit of snooping around, yeah. you can find, and in these groups, it's very common that there are multiple thousands of people in the group. So you can say, hey, I'm new to the practice. I just got the Move Connect Play Foundation course online and I'd like to practice yeah. high flying whale. Is there anybody that wants to do that with me? And you'll be shocked that this is also the thing that's unique about this practice is if you have a world-class tennis player, they are not going to enjoy playing with a beginner. But if you have a world-class acroyogi and I get to give you the, your first flight and you get to laugh, like I, t I say this all the time, I get paid in giggles. People laugh <laughs> all the time when they have an experience with me. So um, the, the heart of an acroyogi is somebody that wants to build community by creating positive experiences with people and especially beginners. That is so true. I, I, the times I've traveled to, to India, it's a long flight, you know, where you stop in a few places and I used Facebook, um, uh, a particular page that's, that's known for connecting in the airport. So flying to fly. Yep. <laughs> so flying to fly. And I was in Amsterdam and I was in Paris and I got to, to do acrobatics with people who I would have never have met. That's awesome. never because they just happened to be in the airport when I was in the airport and yeah. you, <laughs> like, okay, let's meet. And of course you get a few looks uh, and you, you might get a security guard or two wondering what the heck is going on, but you're not doing anything wrong. They don't stop you. They don't no. stop you. Shockingly enough, they just get confused. <laughs> <laughs> they get very confused and we'll watch you. So you use some of the tools that, that are, that are out there, whether it be getting on Facebook and just typing in acro. And I think there's some algorithms there that talk about where you're close. We have a, the, the group here in Southern Utah is, is, is Southern Utah <clears throat> rather than St. George, Southern Utah acro community. Yeah. And, and you may find that, like you said, Bay area acro or wherever that is, you know, you may have some of that up in, in, in areas, but it's everywhere. And if you can't find it, um, you can message me, you can message Jason. The best way to, 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 to find you is jasonnemar.com and your, your Instagram and, and Facebook. Jason I'm sure you are everywhere. Instagram Jason Neymar Jason everywhere. Neymar. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then acroyoga.org. Um, right. so your upcoming book is, uh, move, connect, play the art and science of acro yoga. And there's the course that follows that book. And hopefully um, those who want it can pre-order now. Um, it's coming out soon. We're waiting for the publisher to say, hoorah, we're ready. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's in the very, very near future. Um, you need to come to Southern Utah. We'll hang out. <laughs> I'm actually coming to Salt Lake soon. So if you oh, want yeah. to take a drive. Yeah, not far. Do this in person. Not far. I'm actually looking at doing, uh, I'm getting ready to, to invest in a nice little uh, bus and which okay. is going to allow me to travel and teach um, what I do with cold immersion and breath work and um, yoga on the road. 
Um, I had a bus before when I was performing, when I was doing uh, acrobatics at festivals, and I sold that when I moved to India. Didn't know where I would let it sit for a couple of years. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to sell it. And I didn't know where I was going to put it. So I'm back into getting the bus. But yeah, that's definitely going to be the case. I need to get up and see uh, our, our friend Brian. And I told him I would yeah. come up and teach a, a yoga class up there when I get up there. So um, Jason, Amazing. thanks for joining me today. I, I think that um, this book is well overdue, probably. Not not by any of your fault of yours, but well overdue. People <laughs> people need this information and they they really need this way to to find balance trust and communication within their community within their relationships within themselves and um through using this book and through this practice um i think they're just one step closer to knowing their true self which is well it's a blessing <laughs> yeah it's a blessing to be um having a conversation with somebody that has so much in common with me that's that's <laughs> unique uh benefit. i feel like we have so many stories that we still have to tell each other and, yeah. and some adventures ahead of us definitely definitely well you pass through the area you're welcome to uh you're welcome to come see the bus come hang out that's probably where i'm going to be is in a blm land somewhere in a bus but uh <laughs> sounds <laughs> like a party you're welcome to come do that. Yeah, we're going to be, we have a few things coming up. Um, you have a training, some trainings coming up. Is it any trainings you want to talk about that's coming up yeah. in your future? Uh, there's going to be one in Greece in September and one in Bali in December. And, okay. you know, the COVID policies and country uh, rules are ever changing, but basically, um, that is the current trajectory um and i'm actually going to be teaching the one in bali my friends will be teaching the one in greece okay so uh the teacher trainings are definitely a very very big step so to get ready for that step if that's something you're interested in you can start by just doing the year-long online course uh, okay. where you pay i think it's 350 dollars, and you have access to all the courses and you'll get a mentor that you'll be sending videos to so basically we had to figure out how to replace doing in-person events and our our solution was to have a kick-ass online library and do mentorship so that oh, that's is wonderful wonderful yeah. and that's at acroyoga.org they can sign up yeah, for yeah. that and join and become bali? what are you doing in december um i do want to come to bali you're actually. a 200 hour teacher trainer now it's it's a done deal you're, yeah you, all I, the you know i probably should have done it a long time ago i've actually taken a couple 300 hour programs too and um yeah i probably overqualified <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but I, I just enjoy movement in general. I, I enjoy yeah. uh, Budokan yoga is something that I'm really enjoying now, getting more into animal and primal movements. Okay, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy doing that. And I've been really getting into um, just calisthenics in general, kind of conditioning myself. We're about the same age and, and I'm finding that... Um, my body is not depleting, like someone would say. As you get older, it's, it's actually learning new ways to move, and that's that's exciting to me to find new ways to move um, that are strong, empowering, and also make me feel as though I'm not deteriorating. So it's really wonderful to to find new ways to move, and through Acro, I found that, and I'm forever grateful for for the community that that you um, and your partners have have instilled. And now it's everywhere. So I'm very forever grateful. Thank you, Jason. And um, right on. We will chat soon. Definitely reach out to you me if you pass you. through Southern Utah. Done deal. Hi, Thanks, brother. brother. Much love. Ciao.